Hi guys, this is the Team Steel Podcast uh, with your host Sam Bud and co-host Adam, also known as Kev. <laughs> and today we're featuring Rich Nagy, Amber Keegan and Candice Hall. So, uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Amber, we'll start with you. Hi, I'm Amber. Woo, Amber! Woohoo! <laughs> I've been in Sheffield for, I think, eight years now, maybe seven, don't quote me on that, a long time. Eight years too long. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> I've been uh, in P1 longer than Sam. That, that is true, that is true. But I've been at the club longer, so that's all that matters, guys. I was in seniors longer. Yeah, but I've been at the club longer. I <laughs> swim here. I'm originally from Nottingham. I used to train at Nova before I came here. I'm currently doing chemical engineering. Uh, my PhD at the University of Sheffield and doing my undergrad and masters there was the reason that I moved to Sheffield in the first place. And why was it that Sheffield was like on your hit list, let's say? Like what was the reasons that kind of attracted you to Sheffield as opposed to uh, different clubs or maybe even national centres? Yeah, so I looked around quite a lot when I was looking for unis and I looked at a lot of different places, but Sheffield stood out for me because my academics as well as my swimming was important to me yeah if you guys don't know i'm as a big nerd <laughs> but we, lo- we love her still we love her okay so i for me i kind of really wanted to go to a great university and the university of sheffield being a russell group it was really attractive to me and to be honest sheffield is just a perfect mix it meant that i could study at the highest level and swim at the highest level at the same time and i just really felt at home in the city um when i was here nice nice and um for those of you that don't know amber she's a very vocal person um it's it's good and it's bad but um one of the questions that I wanted to ask was obviously you were a really great junior. Um, you, you were like burst onto the scene. You had some great years. Um, you won World Juniors, right? I was second at European Ooh. Juniors. Ooh, second. <laughs> hey, listen, still a lot better than, than I've done. Um, but then you kind of you kind of had like a real plateau and, and you struggled for a couple of years. And, and now obviously you're back on the scene, PB, and, and like it's amazing to see. What... What do you think has helped you get through that plateau and to, to burst back onto the scene, PB, and at you know what some people would consider like an old age? <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Me, Thanks, me Sam. too. I'm the same age. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really important point that's not addressed enough. So to put this into context for the people that don't know me as well as Sam, so my European Junior medal was in 2013, and it took me until 2022 to really kind of start kind of doing personal best times in every single event again. So that was a really, really long period of time to basically not move anywhere in swimming. And at times it was really disheartening and I did question why I was doing it. Um, And there was kind of a whole heap of reasons why I didn't move kind of forwards. The first couple of years after European juniors, I kind of, I was a teenager. I'd just gone through puberty and like, just everything was a bit off with my body and I didn't really have the feel of the water in the pool. Um, And then as I kind of started to get all of that back, I then hit a really rough period where I just got injured and ill and injured and ill for like five years. I never really had the chance to kind of let my training show in racing. So I knew that I was moving forwards in training. Like even when I couldn't swim fast, I was thinking about trying to improve my technique or work on my stroke count. 
and also really putting time and effort into my interests outside of the pool. Like swimming is a huge part of all of our lives, but it isn't all of our lives. Um, so I put extra energy into my kind of studying at that time or into other hobbies as well. Yeah, that's class. Um, I think like a, a real key point there is uh, people often take swimming as like 100% of, of who they are, but it's, it's nice and refreshing to hear sometimes that, you know, it's, it's not everything. So sometimes it's not all about swimming and you've got to enjoy it. Like the finer things in life, really. I mean, it took me a while to realise that. Don't get me wrong. The first time I got injured, I thought my entire world had collapsed around me and I was really, really in, not in a good place. Well, um, we'll have to get you in on the on the injury podcast coming soon. <laughs> um. Right, so moving on. Uh, Rich, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Rich and also known as the grumpy old man who all the kids are scared of. I am originally from Slovakia, as you can hear, all of you. Uh, I'm coming on 30 years old, so I'm the oldest person. 30 years young, guys. I'm the oldest person around, still in a pool, for some reason. And I've been on Slovakian international teams for the last 15 years, or close close to that. So I have what you call experience. <laughs> and that's all about me, I guess. <laughs> Uh, so there, nice, short, but sweet. Moving oh, on to Candice. Oh, straight away. Hi, I'm Candice. Um, I'm 25, so quite old as well, apparently. So um, <laughs> I'm not from Sheffield. I've only been here for, I think this is my second year. So I came in 2021. Um, I'm originally from Leicester. Um, and yeah, I don't study. <laughs> I'm just full-time swimming here at the moment. And you work. Oh yeah, and I work part-time now. Um, but yeah, that's about... Aren't it really for me? Um, so you, you mentioned you were at Loughborough, right? Yes. Um, so you were there for five years. Um, yeah. What What was like the deciding factor in you moving from Loughborough to Sheffield? Uh, so I think for me, obviously I've been in Loughborough a long time and I feel like when you're in somewhere for that long, like you need a change. Um, but also... I feel like the environment there, it's very, like, high performance. And I think I was kind of... Like, I didn't like how, like, people were treated if you, like, didn't swim well, for example. And I think Sheffield kind of... Like, I wanted a programme that kind of supported me even if I swam bad, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, It's like... I feel like that's quite, like, a one percenter, and I feel like I can make a big difference in, like, senior swimming. Um, So, yeah, I I thought Sheffield kind of fitted that... Um, yeah, I feel like it's also a club, so I feel like it's got like that. It's like they're like your second family, so I feel like that's kind of what was missing with, with what I was when I was at Loughborough. So yeah, so um, obviously, Rich, you're like very famous in Slovakia. Uh, so why did you also come to Sheffield? And- I wouldn't call myself famous in Slovakia. Maybe maybe in a swimming pool. Uh, I basically. I was training with my old coach back in Slovakia until 2016 Olympics and two months before the Olympics my old coach told me that he's done, that's his last competition and he's like dissolving our group and we all should find a new place to new place to stay and at the Olympics I met Max Litchfield who invited, who invited me to train with him for a couple of weeks. So I came, came here in October 2016 for two weeks and six years later I'm still here. So, yeah, Sheffield grabbed me and never let go. Uh, yeah, so obviously moving over to here, like what were some of the challenges you faced? 
Well, I'm dating Amber and she wouldn't let me go anywhere. So. <laughs> uh, uh, let's talk a bit about the language barrier. I mean, you, you've got the best, the best Slovakian Yorkshire accent I've ever heard. Can we can we get a little a little phrase? I have I have no phrases in me. Give me I'll one. Say it's very good. It was very good. It's very good. Uh, say I'll have I'll have a cuppa. I'll have a cuppa. Uh, we're still working on it. Six years, maybe not long enough yeah. yet. But well, I I knew English before I moved here. I was quite shy. Well, when I tried to speak English, because I was quite unsure about my accent, and nobody really let me live it down when I pronounced something wrong. So, <laughs> and that hasn't changed in six years, apparently. Uh, well, you know, you know us. Um, so, tell us a bit about the differences from obviously training with your old coach in Slovakia to to training in Sheffield. Uh, like, what what are like the positives that you can take from both as well and, and, and implement into, you know, that longevity in your career? Because you said you're coming up to 30 now and that is a ripe old age, mate. <laughs> Thank you. If I was a footballer... I'm, I'm just saying that because everyone calls me old, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Let's just put it in a perspective. Yeah? When I was your age, son, I had so, my life ahead of me. Uh, yeah, so back in Slovakia, our our training program was very very distance focused so i don't think i've in the last four weeks with my four month four years with my old coach i haven't had a week that was went under 80k we went anywhere from 11 to 14 sessions a week and not counting the gym uh it was it was heavy it was distance heavy i was i was quite good at the distance stuff but i to this day i can't sprint for at all <laughs> um yeah so so that's the biggest difference like the m- focus on intensity and the less less mileage that is here is something i've never experienced in slovakia so every week is new to me and i'm still learning how to how to swim fast nice nice um you you mentioned there like obviously you're still learning how to swim fast um what sort of focal points do you think about um week to week or even session to session um because as much as we joke about it it is obviously an impressive feat that you you are you know coming up 30 and you're still performing personal best times and it's still still getting close to to you know world-class performances really and and for someone getting close to world-class performances yeah i don't know why i say close (laughs) he he is performing in world-class world-class all right guys he is world-class he is the man where did you finish at Worlds? Uh, anywhere from 8th to 80th. <laughs> well, you see, world class. Um, but yeah, so tell us a little bit about like you, you know what you focus on in training, like the little 1% that made the difference for you. Well, the biggest difference was made over last summer. So up, up until then, okay, to give it a bit of a context, I was the dumbest swimmer ever because <laughs> I was just did what I was told for however many years until until even when I moved to Sheffield like uh, our old coach Russ asked me like how did you used to train how did you used to taper and I just shrugged my shoulders because I didn't know I didn't know what I was doing I was just I just did what I was told and went home and never thought about it so so I had to learn what I actually need what my body needs and over the last summer when I managed to uh, drive myself in a hole again again <laughs> again and again and again which was the story of my past five years in Sheffield Mike made few few adjustments and I train a bit differently now with less intensity and actually he actually wants me to swim fast on few days a week instead of every single day a week so figuring out figuring out that I need to recover better and train a bit 
well, a bit less compared to what, what other people in the squad are doing, was the biggest difference maker. And I finally got close to my PBs or PB'd at Short Course Worlds. So that has been a long time coming as well. So I think I finally found what I need and I'm more motivated than I ever was. Can we all just give Rich a clap? Whoa, we need to edit in an applause. Whoa. Um, yeah, brilliant. Right, so, um, yeah, so Amber, you briefly mentioned about um, your PhD in chemical engineering, which is um, pretty impressive alongside swimming. Um, I don't think many people could do that just on its own without swimming. So uh, how have you managed throughout, like, your swimming career, being able to balance everything together? Yeah, I mean, well, they're lessons that I had to learn quite young, really, and I think this is something that any teenager studying in the UK can relate to in the sense that doing GCSEs and swimming is so hard and you don't have a choice you have to do them but it was the lessons that I learned there that have carried through to kind of help me now um, so being organised I am irritatingly organised um, yes, <laughs> not only do I organise my own life but sometimes attempt to organise other people's which goes down a treat but in all seriousness, like my organisation and making sure I'm just really on top of my kind of like homework when I was at school or my uni assignments when I was at uni and not leaving things till the last minute and getting them done as early as possible. Little things like it's, it's a bit harder when you're at school because you don't kind of control your exam periods and you don't control when your lessons end but like when I was at university I knew we'd always have an important competition in December and then I'd have a holiday and I'd have maybe a month to revise and a lot of normal students can get away with having kind of a really chill time over the Christmas period and then kind of doing their revision later on but I knew that wasn't an option for me like I knew I had to kind of start my revision the second that my big winter competition finished so that I could actually do well in my exams um, and it has meant I've given up a lot over the years like Sam jokes that I'm a nerd and I think sometimes people do think I'm a little bit boring because I do spend a lot of time working and swimming but genuinely like it's a privilege for me to be able to do these two things side by side I know how lucky and fortunate I am to have the opportunities that I have and as much as sometimes it can feel a bit like you're missing out on life when you're swimming all the time and then you're studying all the time like at the same time I'm just so grateful that I'm going to come out of here with the amazing experience the swimming's given me and also a really good degree behind me. So, Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously a massive testament to you as an individual, but, um, you know, you have, like, a massive support network there with, with Uni of Sheffield. Um, do you want to talk us through that a little bit and, and explain to us how that's obviously helped you over the years? Yeah, so... Um, when you go to university you have quite a lot of control over your own schedule and there's kind of you almost have to find your own support network like when you're at school you get given a tutor you kind of normally have your parents or, or carers at home and you kind of have your friends in the classroom but at uni you kind of have to reach out and make those connections a little bit more like you do get assigned a tutor but um, you have to like apply for a sports scholarship at Sheffield which I did um, and within that you get someone kind of someone who is a point of contact for you um, to help you out whenever things get a bit tricky balancing that uni and sport life so whether that's rearranging a module to make sure that you can attend it whether that's making sure that lectures are recorded so that if you can't get to them you can catch up on them afterwards and um, there's also a financial grant with the University of Sheffield so you don't have to give that money back they just give it to you kind of um, in two installments throughout the year 
um, if you get on to the kind of top level of their funding. Um, they also offer other services like SNC and physio, but within the City of Sheffield programme, um, in Performance One, which is the squad I'm in, we have that kind of covered anyway, so that's really lucky. But I do know that the University of Sheffield um, Sports Scholarships Scheme are currently looking at how they can improve their scheme. Um, so as helpful as they've been to me, I know that they're going to be even more helpful to the next generation of people coming through. So I'm looking forward to see what final form that takes place, because I know there's a lot of really good work going on behind the scenes to try and make it a more supportive environment for student athletes. Um, but to be honest, the support system within City of Sheffield has been my biggest support system um, throughout my university. Yeah, good, good. I mean, just touching on that point as well, um, we obviously have we have the links there with Uni of Sheffield. We obviously have the same links um, with Sheffield Hallam. Uh, they have a performance athlete scholarship scheme, um, which is essentially very similar. You know, you get extensions on deadlines. Um, you can get some modules swapped around. You get financial grant. Um, you get physio, nutrition, um, just the whole shebang, really. Honestly, um, but is is having these links as a club with with both the unis is is honestly really influential. Um, I think anyone that is at uni at Sheffield will will testify to that. Um, and it just goes back to that whole uh, organisational side of things that Amber was talking about being able to like have a point of contact and and have them understand that you know you are pushed for time as an athlete um and you have to manage your time very precisely and having someone there that understands this and can can make allowances um it's just honestly a, an amazing thing um it takes a lot of stress off it means you can perform in both um your your school works and in the pool um and this is that's the same for any sports but just thought you know I'd I'd plug both the unis there so um, briefly, in previous podcasts, we've mentioned about um, Sam, you going to America, but um, I feel like Whoa, we need to go. <laughs> I never went to America. I feel like we need to go. Was it Florida? No, it was Florida State, guys. Was it not uh, Gators? No, it was not. It was not the Gators. Louisville, no? Uh, yeah, come on. Just ask the question. Get it on with. So, uh, yeah, so you went there for a year. Um, just how was that? And why did you actually come back? Um... I couldn't get my visa. We're not saying that we didn't want you back or anything. You just kind of ruined the joke. I said I couldn't get my visa, and now everyone laugh. Ha ha ha. I laugh. Thanks, Rich. Um, no, honestly, like the air out there was, um, it was incredible. Uh, it was an amazing opportunity, an amazing experience, um, and for me, it was, it was honestly a kind of a really eye-opening point in my career. Um, t- decided that you know. I, I, when I left America and when I finished my conference, I was I was going to hang up the goggles. Um, but I actually realised that that year in America was like really refreshing. Um, I kind of fell in love with the sport again. Um, so I came back, spoke to Jack, um, Jack Morton, the Performance Two coach, uh, and said, you know, I might just do a couple of sessions here or there for a bit of fitness because I was a bit of a chunky monkey. You know, I had like three months out of the pool and. I was I had a bit of a belly on me, um, so I was just trying to get in a bit of shape. And then Jack was like, you know, why don't you give it a go? And I really started enjoying it. You know, I enjoyed the people in the squad. I enjoyed training again. I just had a, like a massively different perspective on it. Um, but coming back to Sheffield, like even in that short, well, it was a short year that I was away. Like so much had changed. Um, the program had changed massively. Like they now implemented the the, the performance one, performance two squads. Um, 
and it was just a much bigger senior program, um, a much better environment. Uh, not that it was bad before, um, but you know, like it's it's just a much more cohesive unit. Um, the club is now like working towards like a a shared goal, um, and you can just see like when you walk on poolside, you can feel the atmosphere, you can feel everyone's working, everyone's grinding, and honestly, that's all it's about for me. It's about having like a an environment where you enjoy it, an environment where everyone wants to work hard, an environment where everyone wants to learn as well. Like, it is a learning day, every day. Like, I mean, you look at Rich pushing on 55 or something and he's still learning new stuff. Amber's like 43 and still learning new stuff and Candice is probably like 38 or something. <laughs> and then you got me at 24, you know, just chilling, loving life. Um, but no, it's... it's um, just a completely different ethos to what it was um, and it's just it's really refreshing and it's something that you know I am really enjoying at the minute so wait so you went for a gap here as people go to India to find themselves you found yourself <laughs> in the US yeah as Rich said I found myself uh, so one of the main reasons we uh, got you all on here was just like kind of we thought we'd get a summary of how like you all raced so where was it you raced and how did it all go for everyone Candy's got this one. Oh, wow. Um, so we went to Bundesliga in Germany. Was Essen, I think it was. Um, so, yeah, we were competing for, was it Munich? Um, and it was basically like a short course meet. Um, and it was like all the Olympic events split over two days. I think we all had like five events each. Yeah. Um, and basically, yeah, we just had to try and get as many points as we could for the team. So it was kind of a completely different like atmosphere to what we're doing like right now like obviously we're in long course now and it's like all about like time and look at like going into trials but this was like a completely different like competition and I thought you know it'd be fun to do um so yeah I really enjoyed the competition like the atmosphere was very very loud like <laughs> I think a lot louder than pretty much most of our competitions in England definitely probably louder than trials to be honest but yeah no um and it was it was just like fun like it was better than all the competitions I've done in England pretty much but the races probably weren't as fast as I wanted but I think because I had quite a few races in one day like I just had to like switch my mindset and be like right I've got to do another race for the team and just try and get like as many points as I could because that, that was what was the main aim of the She's a the team player. Go yeah, Candy. Yeah, boy. Was it better than ISL? It was like a mini ISL, I thought. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like the same at- atmosphere because that's what you have to do at ISL. You literally just have to... Wait, you went to ISL? Sorry, man, I missed that one out. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, guys. <Andy> Ammo. <laughs> I was waiting for that to come out. Um, so yeah, like racing wasn't as good as I wanted, but it was definitely a like fun, a fun competition and I definitely would do it again, so... Nice, nice. Um, Amber, so tell us a bit about um, your weekend of racing. Uh, obviously, it was just hard racing, but you sound, you sound solid, right? Yeah, I was really chuffed, actually, and quite pleasantly surprised. So I'd just come off the back of a big week of training. I was very tired, to say the least, as, as, as we all are in hard work. And I knew on top of that I had a heavy race schedule, so I was kind of sad. Can like, tell us the events you did? The yeah, really funny so I had a Saturday. So we all flew on the Friday as well. So that was another challenge and something that's really good for us all to practice, I think, as well, is like being able to literally race the day after you travel because you do get really lethargic when you travel. Um, but yeah, my Saturday, I had 800 free and 400 IM. 
And then on Sunday, a I had... A deadly duo. A deadly <laughs> yeah, duo. Yeah, it was pretty deadly, to be honest. And then so my Sunday was 100 fly, which is hilarious oh, for anyone who has ever seen me sprint, because I can't sprint. Um, that was actually my worst race. I went out. I went slower in the 100 fly than on my first 100 of the 400 <laughs> I am. Um, <laughs> into a 200 breaststroke and a 400 freestyle, where I think the fatigue from the weekend really showed because I swam 450 meters freestyle. Um, Remember, just let's just track back to uh, Amber Keegan being a really, really intelligent woman uh, that does a chemical engineering degree, uh, supposedly very smart, but can't count to 400 meters. We were literally telling you to stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> during all the races, the team's like going wild and there's like flags and everyone's cheering and like, you know, like making the hand movements. Like, go, go, go. And they were all telling me to stop, but I thought everyone was just like, go, um, But yeah, racing wise, it actually went really well for me. Um, I hadn't really gone in with any expectations and I was really close to my personal best times in the middle of hard training. Um, personal best that I set last year at English Winter Nationals on a t- like li- little bit of a taper. So yeah, it was a really nice bonus. And I think we've kind of, between the two of us, summed up how racing goes. Sometimes you surprise yourself and do well and other times you just have to switch your focus if times aren't there. But yeah, it's a great experience to race different people as well because I love the British circuit, but... As Sam says, I'm about a zillion years old and I've been racing <laughs> the same people year in, year out for the last decade. There's older people there, I feel like. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, refreshing experience. Risho, take it away. Well, what, Bundesliga? Still on dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I have done this meet before, uh, 2019, I think. Yeah, just um, before COVID. But I've done it for a different team, for Würzburg, which is the equivalent of Evil Empire. <laughs> we have won it on men's and women's side back then by about 2,000 points. So it was mostly just about just about money, just about winning it, because there is a fair amount of funding in in it for the club that wins it and for like top few placings. This this time round, I had much more fun. It was much more relaxed. I even swam better from what I remember, and I think we exceeded as a team. We exceeded expectations, like. From what the coaches told us, we weren't expected to finish better than eighth in men's and women's. Uh, girls finished sixth in the end, and not to brag, but Here we go. especially <laughs> yeah. especially Sam and me dragged the team to a third place yeah, finish. Yeah, so. let's go, let's go. <laughs> nah, it, it was it was really good. We got a cool medals out of it, and and a really nice experience, and a chance to join the team for uh, what is it the beer drinking world cup they held in summer, <laughs> they held in summer. basically we swim up a river chuck a beer and he's down joking guys we don't endorse this stuff no it's non-alcoholic beer obviously in munich <laughs> where they hold the non-alcoholic oktoberfest <laughs> no it was it was a really good racing i don't remember my times or i don't i think i remember the events i did but like it was just something cool to break up my my the most boring part of the season which is when when the sun doesn't shine and we just grind away in the darkness yep that's uh that's pretty much it <laughs> um yeah so candice can you briefly speak a bit more about um the isl um yeah of course just in general um... just give us a bit of a okay. insight for the people that don't know what isl is Oh. And did you learn any like new words there? No, like, we'll get on maybe, to that. Maybe we had a really bad tattoo. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is better than Sam's. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Like, 
Hi, coming soon, we're going to have a Team Steel podcast <laughs> poll podcast. about who has a worse tattoo, Candice Hall Candice. Uh, or me, Candice. Right, um, so yeah, ISL stands for International Swimming League, if that's not obvious, I don't know, but, um, but basically, yeah, I was picked for Toronto Titans, I think it was 2020, um, like, I got the opportunity basically to, like, be a reserve sort of thing, so, like, um, basically, I'd only swim if someone was, like, ill or injured on the team, but, like, I'd still, like, get the full experience, like, I'd still get the same salary, um, but obviously, if I wasn't competing, I wouldn't get, like, prize money, but... But yeah, and I just thought, you know what, like I'm away, it'd be away for six weeks, um, but like why not, it's against like all the best swimmers in the world and I'd probably learn a lot. Um, so yeah, 2020 I went to Budapest for six weeks and it was during COVID, so we were literally stuck inside, like we weren't allowed to go outside, we could only go outside for like 90 minutes a day. Um, so we were there like in a bubble for like six weeks, um, just training and racing. Um and basically there's like there's like a regular season and then there's semi-finals and then a final um and then i think the first year we i think we didn't get to the, i think we got to the semi-finals maybe um and then we didn't make the final so then we went home and then 2021 uh it was in naples and i went there for 6 weeks as well um and basically i think our team we we did a lot better we made the well you're the same team yeah, same team, Toronto Titans again, but we I think we finished fourth in the regular season and then we made the playoffs again. Um but basically you just like it um but yeah, basically you okay. um but yeah, we did but then we didn't do as well in the in the semi finals. Um but like we did like the best out of all the new teams if that makes sense. Um but yeah, I think I got to swim what twi- twice in the first season and then the second season I I think I swam a little bit more and I actually swam like like I, I swam really well like considering like obviously I was against like people like Olympians and shit. I did like I think I did PBs in all my races um but like I said Ooh. we were on about Bundesliga it's like not about the time it was about like getting as many points as you can for the team um so yeah that was kind of I think that's why I swam so well because I wasn't constantly thinking about what time I was just getting in and racing but yeah, it was probably one of the best experiences I've done with swimming. Um, so yes. So uh, that's been a lot of swimming talk. So I feel like we'd sum it up with um, what do you think you'd all be if you weren't swimmers? We'll start with you again, Candice. Um, I think I'd be doing dancing because I did that when I was little um, and I kind of did a lot of things, other sports when I was um, younger Like, and I'd, dancing was one of them. But obviously swimming kind of when it got more serious, I had to choose. Um, so I think I'd be doing dancing. So you only said you had a lot of sports that you were doing. How did you manage to balance everything around with also having a social life? Yeah, it was very hard. Um, but I feel like it is important to have a little bit of a social life as well. Like, I don't think you should, you know, just knuckle down and like isolate yourself from everything. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of time management and just, yeah, being being organized but also i just think um well my parents kind of helped a lot with that as well um trying to balance all of that um but yeah i just think being really organized um yeah i don't know what else does that answer your question yeah so you'd be a dancer basically <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful tangent right so amber what do you think you'd be if you weren't swimming what do i think i would have been and what would i've liked 
She'd what would I think in reflection? Eighth degree. <laughs> no, yeah, maybe. Prime Minister. I think she'd have her own. She'd have her own I do now. want to work in policy after my PhD, actually, science policy specifically. Um, no, but if it, if we're talking other sports, then I really enjoyed running as a kid, um, uh, especially cross country. Um, and I think if I hadn't swum, that might have taken my kind of. I was in one of the other hard grueling sports which is cross country um although i really enjoyed i'd never i'd never ridden a road bike before lockdown and obviously me and rich lived together and in lockdown we both got road bikes and really got into cycling and i think now if i could like go back in time and choose a sport that wasn't swimming i'd pick triathlon um right well anyway uh people call me tiger um you know, I shoot. No one calls him Tiger. Everyone, no calls, one calls, me Tiger. Tiger. Everyone calls me Tiger. Everyone calls me Tiger. I shoot like fifty-eight I regularly. Call him dog. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I I had lots of golf lessons growing up. Um, you know, my dad's an avid golfer. He's not very good. You know, I beat him every single time we play. Um, That's how you beat him up. <sighs> I beat my dad at golf every single time we play. Um, you know, my middle name's Tiger Woods. My two middle names are Tiger Woods. But some people call me Rory. I'm just, you know, just that guy. Okay, finally some fun sports to throw in the mix. Yes, I would also be a triathlete if, if I could cycle or run any any good. But so the best... You'd be a swimmer that runs and walks. But, runs but the sport that I would really, really like to do and also is the best spectator sport, better ice than hockey. football or ice anything, hockey. it's ice hockey. I knew it. It's the best sport there is. Yeah. Go watch it if you haven't. And no, football is not the best. Ice hockey is. All right, and that brings us back to the podcast host, Adam. What would you be? Um, well, I'd probably be... Uh, I'd be earning big money footballing, you know. Um, yeah, um, easy as that. I'd be. I'd be the next Harry Maguire. You'd, you'd be up, up front with, with Isaac. Um, Newcastle. Mm, or would you be for a bigger team? That's it. Glory, glory. No, boy. I wouldn't be for a bigger team. I'd just be the Harry Maguire of Newcastle. I don't know. I'd see him more of like a holding midfield role. Mm, maybe. Not quite Harry Maguire. Ed's not big enough. Nothing gets past me, though. Right, well, that's the Team Steel Podcast, episode three. Stay tuned for bloopers.
Goodbye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.